This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. As we start hour two, going back to the Kansas City Barbecue Pit hotlines, and uh, he is he is running for Maine County State's Attorney for, for his second tour as State's Attorney. It's not Reuter, it's Scott Reeder. How's it going, Scott? Good, Eric. How are you, sir? Do you, do you think you lead the county in, in missaid last name pronunciation? <laughs> you know, growing up, of course, I heard Roto-Rooter all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not right. Yeah. I even say it wrong every now and then. My mom will correct me, and I'm like, well, did I say it wrong? I don't ever say it wrong. <laughs> but, uh, hey, go ahead. Hey, Scott, how, how you doing, sir? Good. Mr. Carson, how are you, sir? And I'm phenomenally well. Thanks for asking. Good. Eric Scott used to be my lawyer, man, at one particular point in time. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Scott's been busy. You've done this a long time, and and and, 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 and as we talked months ago uh, around the primary, th- this is this is something you wanted to get back to. And it, it, is it safe to say you wanted to get back into this and retire from this? Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll uh, serve long enough. I'm I'm not that far from retirement, but I have a daughter. I had kids a little later in life. I have a daughter who's 14, so I've got to get her through college. So I'm looking to work at least another eight years probably. Okay. Uh, what made you want to run again? Have you have you been wanting to run again? Yes, actually. I, I, um, I, I believe that I have served the community in my capacity as a defense attorney. I'm in the public defender's office for those people that aren't aware. Mm-hmm. And uh, we represent indigent folks uh, who come into contact with the legal system, the criminal justice system. And certainly I believe I help people, uh, and I'm proud to help people in that capacity, but I've always been more of a prosecutor at heart, and uh, uh, my instincts and leanings are that way, and I think I can do better service for the community in that capacity. You go essentially to the other side, right? You go to the, you, you go from defending people to putting people in jail. Uh, is is it as simple as that, or or do you see it also as now that you've seen the other side, you can still help people from the other side by by making the decision whether to press charges or make deals or give them second chances? Is it is it is it is it, is it a lot deeper than just one side or the other? Oh, absolutely. The uh, I was asked early on in the primary uh, if I had changed in the 15 years since I'd been state's attorney now, close to 16 years, and absolutely, you change and you grow, and new experiences give you new insights and uh, perceptions. Uh, it is, uh, I, I've always understood, but even more so now, that even deciding to charge somebody with a crime greatly impacts them and their family and their friends, uh, uh, and even charging with someone with a crime, uh, you know, smirches their uh, character and person. So you want to make sure that you've got it right when you do it. You don't want to uh, go about charging people just because you've got uh, the bare minimum to be able to do it. You want to be certain you've got the right person because uh, mm-hmm. the impact that uh, all the resources that the state can bring to bear is prosecution upon someone who you can't necessarily defend against uh, the just the sheer weight or the volume of of the ability of the state to bring forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. dumb question. Most states' attorneys around the country are they are they mostly from a law background as far as uh, suit and tie law, or are they from a law background like protecting people out uh, on the it, streets? It varies. Uh, most of them, I think. Uh, most there's some. Incentive uh, when you are going through law school to end up in a public uh, 
uh, service office, especially these days. There's some loan forgiveness uh, if you work for like a state oh. attorney or a public defender or legal aid. But I see. most people who get into the criminal law, I think, start out as assistant state's attorneys, as prosecutors. Oh, okay. Uh, and then maybe end up going over to the defense side. Um, uh, it just depends on your personal beliefs, really, about uh, the system and where you want to help people. But I think a lot of people that end up specializing in criminal law do start as prosecutors. Gotcha. And and uh, was this something always – remind me again when you served as state's attorney, what years? Like 90? Back in 2000 was my uh, 2000. election. I was 2000, 2004. Uh, I've, I've always been a strong supporter of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and my uh, my father actually was an auxiliary police officer in Decatur and in Mount Zion and uh, – uh, so I had that experience as well, and and I just uh, it's the side I prefer if I have a choice. Uh, obviously, one of the things that I was worried about when I first became a public defender was people that I had been prosecuting would then have me as an attorney, yeah. and I wondered if they would how they'd feel about that if they mm-hmm. would accept that I was really working hard for them as a client. Uh, the law the, the the law says that as an attorney. You are to zealously represent your clients. Mm-hmm. And I take that very seriously. Whichever side I'm on, my job is to do the good work of that side. And uh, I think fairly shortly I established for my clients that I was there to do a job for them. I wasn't some sort of mouthpiece for the state or, you know, sometimes we get called public pretenders or mm-hmm. people say we just work for the state. And that's not true. We, uh, at least for me especially, I, I believe in doing the job that I'm given. And so when I get back to prosecution, the same will be true. I believe in doing the job that I'm given. And prosecutors have a bigger burden than defense attorneys, really. Defense attorneys are, are charged with representing their client to the best of their ability and maintaining honesty and integrity. But over that, uh, prosecutors have a duty to make sure that justice is actually being done. Uh, that's why you have rules about uh, providing evidence to the defense that say, that may show that the client, the person that you charge with crime, is innocent. You have a requirement to, to make sure that not only you know you do the job that you're supposed to do, but that over and above that, that justice is done. That the wrong people aren't being charged and convicted. And so, right. that's something I take very seriously. Right. Hey, uh, Scott, what programs and policies would you implement as state attorney to uh, reduce crime and increase public safety in this county? Well, there's. Uh, the first thing, obviously, Courtney, as you're, I'm sure, aware, there's uh, in the popular media now, in the news headlines, uh, we see a lot of problems that people are calling out uh, that, that result in mistrust of mm-hmm. law enforcement and our criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. You know, I teach a class at Millican in criminal justice, and one of the things I tell my students, typically every class is this, is that's, People are people, and you're going to have good people and you're going to have bad people. And most, over and above, the large majority of people that are in law enforcement and in the criminal justice system are good people trying to do a good job. Uh, but unfortunately, the bad ones uh, earn us a bad reputation for, for the rest of us because that's the ones that stand out. But um, So the first thing that really needs to be done with the office, I believe, is to do things to help reestablish the trust uh, that we need to be able to function as it's designed. I mean, obviously, if people don't trust law enforcement, don't trust the courts, then they're going to be hesitant to come forward as witnesses, to participate in cases, and then, then you're not getting anywhere. And so I hope to, uh, first of all, increase um, 
communication between the elements of our community that are not well represented in the legal justice system in order to uh, increase that trust and make our ability to do cases more effective. Obviously, to be a state's attorney, you've got to have a great relationship with uh, with law enforcement too. You know, as you're deciding when to press charges, and, and you know, you, you've got to get every bit of information from those that that reported on on the scene and things like that, right? I mean, is, is sure. that's utterly important? And how would you comment on your relationship with our uh, with our law enforcement? Well, officers, um, you know, it's a fine balance. I mean, obviously, you want to work with police. They're, they're the professionals doing the investigation that you're going to rely on what they find in order to present your case to a jury or to a judge, and you need to have a good working relationship. Um, but on the other side of things, they they have to be two separate entities. I mean, your job as a prosecutor is to review the evidence the police bring you and say, yes, this makes a good case, or no, it doesn't. And if it doesn't, maybe suggest ways that they can improve the case if they if they want to pursue it gotcha. further. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. officers become invested in the case that they investigate. It, it becomes something important to them. And you want to support those efforts and, and make sure that those job, the job that they're doing is, is a good one as, as best you can. And so to further that, obviously, communication is key. Um, being willing to listen, uh, and but also being willing to accept that sometimes there's going to be disagreement on uh, cases. So uh, I think that uh, I've been able to have fairly good communications with officers, even even as uh, a public defender. I think most officers realize that I'm doing my job. I'm yeah. not out to, to crucify them just because they're police. Uh, uh, but if if they've done a bad job investing a case, I'm going to point that out as a defense attorney. And as a prosecutor, what I hope to do is assist them in in making good decisions about what to pursue an investigation to make a case stronger. Mm-hmm. Hey, you mentioned you, you, you play the game by the law. Every single case can say, you know, the charges are, are important here. Do you, are you, you, do you look at that and, you know, is, 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 it just, is it as simple as that or, you know, something I kind of go back to what I mentioned earlier? Um, are there situations where it's like this is a person's first time? You, you can you cannot charge them because, like you said, uh, you know what what happens when you charge somebody with a crime? Uh, I mean, do you do you, does this really happen a lot, or have I watched too much TV that you you really you know can maybe take advantage of an opportunity to to help somebody out? Well, what you're talking about is what's called prosecutorial discretion, okay, and that's an important tool as well. Uh, and I've been kind of addressing that in a campaign, uh, as I've been saying all along, is that what I want to do is be a prosecutor who uses common sense application of the law. Because mm-hmm. we, a lot of things that come out of Springfield uh, are based upon knee-jerk reactions. Perhaps in a, uh, a legislator gets a, uh, a constituent who's unhappy about the way a case turned out, and they go to them, and so they make some adjustment in the law. But then if you try and apply that uniformly to all situations, because uh, we like to, we want to be consistent. We want mm-hmm. people, everyone who comes before the court to be treated equally and fairly. That's what we call due process, mm-hmm. um, or part of due process. Due process is actually more complex than that, but now that's part of it. And But the problem is that sometimes the, the shoe don't fit everybody the same way. And uh, uh, so, yeah, you want to be able to exercise some prosecutorial discretion, and that's you know, uh, people often don't understand uh, or don't know the concept in the law in Illinois, at least, where 
uh, and I understand why victims are upset sometimes by this, but right. victims are the ones that control what happens in a case. Now, obviously, a good prosecutor, you want to consult with the victim, you want to explain to them what's going on so they understand. But at the end of the day, the violation is a violation of the law of the state of Illinois, not a violation of, of a victim in terms of their legal rights. The, it's the law, the way it's turned, it's, that's why you always see people versus so-and-so, because it's the a violation of the law against the peace and dignity of the state of Illinois. Yeah. And so the, the person entrusted with that, and that's why this is an important election, the person entrusted with that is the prosecution, uh, the state's attorney in, in Illinois. And um, you, you, have to, you have to approach that with common sense. So there are cases where you have people that maybe it's a first-time small amount of drugs. Uh, is that something you really want to bring to bear the weight of the criminal justice system against? Or is there some way of, of addressing the problem without involving the criminal justice system and diverting them into uh, some sort of treatment program? So you have, uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, so do you, you, you support diversion and mentor programs for first-time offenders? Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and there's even occasions where it may be appropriate for someone who's more than a first-time offender, a second offense or something. It, we have diversion courts where there are... Under the law of the state of Illinois, there are three courts that can be set up to divert people from the criminal justice system for specific reasons. One is what we call hybrid court, mm -hmm. and that we call it hybrid court because it's not just drug court. It's drug and DUI offenders. Uh, and then there's mental health court, which is also authorized by statute. Those people with mental health illnesses can be diverted into a specialized court where the emphasis in each of these is treatment and altering behaviors. Uh, it's kind of a carrot and stick approach. You know, the carrot is do well, do your treatment, get yourself better, and you'll end up without a conviction uh, if you screw up and don't do what you're supposed to do to help yourself uh, because it's all about personal responsibility, really, when it comes down to it. Uh, if you don't help yourself, then you go back into the regular court system and face the possibilities of jail or whatever. The other one that's allowed is there is uh, allowance under the law for a veterans court. Macon County has not yet set that up. Mm. But we also have other programs through the state's attorney's office. There's a diversion program where you divert people uh, basically under a contractual agreement about what things you're going to do to improve your situation and your behavior so that you don't end up in the criminal justice system. One of the things I'm very proud of, another sort of diversionary court, is is teen court mm -hmm. for juvenile offenders. And uh, the reason I'm proud of it is because that's one of the things that when I was state's attorney, uh, I helped establish a gentleman by the name of David Kidd and I uh, worked very hard yeah. to get that going and got that up and running here in Macon County. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Well, Scott, if anybody has any questions for you, they're trying to decide who to vote for, uh, how, how do you tell them to get a hold of you? Uh, I, the easiest thing to do is look on Facebook, Reader for Macon County State's Attorney is the state Facebook page. All right. But I, uh, I do also have there, there's a link to my email, and I'm happy to answer any questions. The email is, it's kind of long, it's reader, R-U-E-T-E-R, -E -E for state's attorney, no apostrophes, no capital letters, yeah. no punctuation. So reader for state's attorney at gmail.com. There you go. You went to Notre Dame? I did. I was, I went to undergrad there. I was actually on the, uh, uh, fencing team, and uh, a lot of people don't know that Notre Dame's fencing team. What? Uh, it's one of the best <laughs> in the country. It had. Uh, Are you making that up? <laughs> I am not sure. I have a letter jacket from Notre Dame. You were in the Dame club because of fencing. I uh, we, uh, we would have talked about that every time you've ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> 
You were on the <laughs> fencing team at Notre Dame. Yes, sir. Wow. I was. I was now. That's not to say I was really that good, but I was on the team. So what? You, uh, <laughs> yeah, you were probably good. They were like they were like Desmond Howard, Scott uh-huh. Reader. It's like you were the two big athletes on campus, the mm-hmm. BMOC. The, the cool thing is that uh, when I was on the team, uh, the team is always very good, very competitive. A lot of Olympic uh, fencers yeah. come from Notre Dame. Uh, we we emphasize that as well. Uh, but Notre Dame's football team is it twelve or eleven national championships? I, th- I don't remember. What I think it's twelve. You know, I'm terrible at that. Oh, I th- wow. Yeah, I, I think that might be Maybe. right. And then you went but to DePaul. The, the fencing team. The fencing team has eleven. One short of the uh, no uh, national championships of the football team. Yeah. Wow. And two of those were while I was on the team. Wow, really? Did yeah, you, in did fact, you... uh, we had a 40-year reunion. The uh, uh, 1978 team was one of the uh, championships. And uh, we had a reunion back in uh, 2018 that they invited us to come back to campus. And, you know, they've got uh, the hockey team is really big at Notre Dame now, yeah. too. And we've yeah. got this Compton Family Ice Arena. So they had us at half. Uh, they had us up between one of the periods. They had us up on the jumbotron. You know, 1978 Notre Dame fencing team national champion. I bet the people so, went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so is that like a, a great pastime for you now? And if so, where do you go to fence? Like in the basement of your home? <laughs> I don't much now. Um, I have. Uh, I, I did a little bit when we went back for the reunion and uh, took the kids with me, and they got to try a little bit too. And uh, <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Where are you from originally? Decatur. Oh, okay. Yeah. How the hell did you get into fencing? He looked like a basketball player. <laughs> well, that, that actually comes from Decatur. I years ago I did something called Living History Civil War reenactment. That I believe. We, okay. I used to ride on horses in a cavalry unit. And we'd hack away at each other with uh, sabers. Sabers. And when I went to Notre Dame, uh, uh, freshman year, they had a uh, rotation. Uh, you had to do some PE freshman year. And they had a rotation in fencing, and I took that. And then the Notre Dame team allowed walk-ons, and uh, I, I, I joined the team at that point. Wow. Well, this is not helping your campaign at all, but I just wanted to talk about it. It's very interesting. <laughs> I, I, I had a lot of fun, and I, I think it's a really interesting thing. So. I, I was I was getting to the point that you, then you went to DePaul, right? You're a demon? Uh, yep, DePaul College of Law. Okay, and that's uh, where your that's where your opponent went. We're gonna have her on here in a bit. So yep. it's interesting about you guys both went to DePaul there. So yep. So that's cool. We're, we're gonna we're gonna talk to her coming up. I thank you for, uh, for for finally not just bashing your opponent like every other candidate we've had oh, on this man. week for different races. Uh, yeah. you just run. I've known Tammy for years. She's a, a lovely young lady. We uh, uh, are, so we've got some kids some similar age. We used to trade tips about Minecraft. Programming for the kids, just not as long But uh, I think if people look, I've I've got you know a few more years experience. I've got experience with the budget process, running the office, the administrative side. I've got the 15 years as a defense attorney that gives me a broader insight. So I would suggest that I'm the better candidate. But I, again, I like Tammy a lot. Well, uh, good luck to you, sir. This has been a really weird uh, time to be running for any kind of office, as, as obviously you've probably learned through a, a pandemic, but. Uh, we we uh, we wish you luck and wish everybody luck in this and uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. Thank you, sir. Take care, Courtney. Take so care, long, counselor. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.